I'm not a robot. What? I am not a robot. Okay. What? <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, logging into PlayStation. Uh, oh, okay. And it makes Ca you do one of he's those. Talking about a, he's things. talking about a captcha. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. We're back. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that Steve-O had become a robot, and that was his way of trying to <laughs> fool us. I guess, yeah. Welcome to episode 32 of Rather Replaying, the podcast where we talk about how we'd rather be playing games than applying copious amounts of after sun to my right shin. <laughs> <laughs> it happened again, uh, lads. <laughs> I'm Josh. I'm Elliot. And I'm a bright pink Stevo. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, yes, so, you are. So I'm back for a start. How's it going, lads? I thought you were dead. No, not yeah. quite. Not quite. Uh, got over a serious dose of uh, bronchitis and a cold, yeah, a double whammy. But yeah, I'm back on, on top form. Uh, just spent the weekend in Shenandoah Valley uh, oh, okay. in Virginia, obviously National Park. Stunning, lads. So beautiful. And I'm getting on board with this whole mountains are, are better than beach thing. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, I'm way ahead of you. <laughs> I mean, either way, I'm getting sunburned, but, <laughs> you know, at least there's less people looking at me up the mountains. Uh, not that everyone's looking at me on beach. I don't know what I meant by that. But. <laughs> well, oh, they, I, is that they are, They are, but they're pointing and laughing rather than admiration. <laughs> <laughs> True. He's a lobster. <laughs> so did you, yeah, did you camp or, or what? So I've, I've done some hiking out there, but I didn't like camp or anything. What'd you, what'd you end up doing? Well, my brother and my sister and my nephew um, camped, uh, so they had a great time. And obviously, we all hung out at the campfire and cooked and, and that kind of thing. Um, but I actually rented a hotel room in one of the lodges, so it was nice. I had a proper bed, <laughs> you know, <laughs> lap of luxury and whatnot. I, I get people, you know, enjoying the novelty of camping, but I, I don't need it. <laughs> I prefer a decent night's sleep, personally. <laughs> have you ever been camping have you ever like slept, slept it, outside yeah yeah as a kid i guess my maybe like when i was 12 or 13 with my dad and my sister um oh, but man. long time ago now you gotta you gotta do it again just for like being outdoors and drinking and yeah yeah roasting I, marshmallows it's i think time. i would have done it but because like um my brother's kids and stuff were there too uh we were never gonna go oh, that yeah. late into the evening or anything sure so it was kind of all balancing with that um, but yeah, if I was going with a group of friends or if I was like dating a girl who was like big into camping, I could see myself getting, getting into it, giving it a go, you know, but in this case, I was just like, you know, might as well enjoy a decent bed. It's a lot of fun, but it's better when you have other people that also know what they're doing when you're camping, because yes. Yes. If, if you're the one that's knows everything, then a lot of it is just pain. <laughs> yeah. My brother was directing things mostly and it all went pretty well. We got food cooked. No one died of food poisoning or no one uh, froze to death in the night and no one got eaten by a bear. Although my sister did see a bear. 
Uh, it was, oh, geez. It was right up at the lodge when she was coming around in the morning to see us all. <laughs> and it, it was, yeah, she got some amazing pictures. It was so cool. Nice. Wow. So cool is not probably the first words I would think of. <laughs> you would bear. think of I, run? Yeah. Well, if the bear doesn't Usually. see you, you know, it's okay. It's like we, we were, uh, my, my wife and I were driving through Yellowstone and they've got a lot of bison up there, right? Yeah. And, you know, so we'd take some pictures from the car like every now and again we'd see them. But there was one time uh, when we were we were driving out of Yellowstone and the traffic was like really slow for some reason. We're like, okay, well, either there's something there's like a bison in the road or someone stopped to take a picture or whatever. We finally get there and there are people like getting out of their cars and like getting close to the bison to take pictures. And I'm like, nope. well, I'm like, well, they're dead. <laughs> so, <laughs> Would it um, just charge them? I mean, you're not supposed to do that because of that reason. Yeah. Luckily, nothing yeah. happened. But I was just like, OK, this is a bad idea for you guys. Jeez. Oh, yeah. My sister's a climber and she's pretty small, but but wiry and fast. So she was kind of. Uh, staying at a distance, obviously, but like kind of following it a little bit to get better photos. But <laughs> I wouldn't be I wouldn't be too worried about her. She could like get out of there pretty quick. <laughs> and those are like Virginia black bears. They're very small and pretty docile. Yeah. Um, good. Unless good. They'll, they'll still murder you if you're right there. But, you know, as long as you're a ways if, away. If, if you do the wrong thing, they're not like grizzlies or, or, or anything like that. Um, so that's better. There was a, there's actually a brown bear here on campus. There's like a, there's a little nature trail right off of campus and there was a brown or a black bear spotted there, mm. uh, last year and it was, it was scary, you know, <laughs> you don't, uh, you don't see bears too often and, um, they are powerful animals. So. Yeah. A bit. I saw the revenant. I know. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> Uh, I, uh, I also did some, some traveling, uh, I guess I'll just say it. Sorry, Steve. I went to the Grand Canyon. Uh, <laughs> Put me to shame. <laughs> way better. It was way better. <laughs> now I've been to both and they're both very different. I would much rather spend a weekend in Shenandoah than I would in the desert of Arizona. Yeah. The Grand Canyon's <laughs> cool, but you're like, all right, get me the fuck out of here. Your photos yeah. did look amazing though. Uh, Elliot, yeah. you and Amy were there, weren't you? Yeah, yeah, I was there with Amy and we got to hang out with our nephew um, who we don't see too often because he lives in Montana now. And uh, it worked out really well that we got to take him there. It was his first time. Um, oh. I think it was my my second time and Amy's third. And mm. uh, um, it, we, you, we drove down to this town in Arizona and there's a, a train that takes you to the Grand Canyon from there. And so being on a train with a four-year-old is... A lot of fun too. Like, <laughs> some kid who's just loving trains and uh, loving everything around him. It's uh, pretty magical. What uh, was the train ride? Uh, what was the train ride like? Was it uh, was it built up areas or was it completely sparse? There was nothing, man. There yeah, was nothing at Have all. Have you never been Between to the, the Southwest, Evo? Because there's no, nothing there. No, yeah. no. I, I'm thinking uh, the train ride at the start of Red Dead Redemption. Was it like? <laughs> yeah. No, no, it's, it's pretty close. Apologies to all of our Southwest viewers. You live in a hellhole. <laughs> it's it's it was not meant for human uh, sustainability. Yeah. It's not. I don't understand why people are there, but um, and and I would trade. You know, they say the 110 degrees, but it's a dry heat. I would absolutely trade 20 degrees of that for. 60% more humidity yeah. any day. I, I remember visiting my parents when they were stationed at 
at uh, Fort Irwin, which is near Barstow, California, in the middle of the goddamn desert. And I went for like a run and I made it like 100 yards going, OK, nope. I'm, I'm dying. It's like 120 <laughs> yeah. degrees out, but it's a dry heat. So it's OK. Yeah. You can literally feel your eyeballs evaporating. Yeah. When it gets hot. You can you feel they get dry every blink. This is why I'm in the uh, Pacific Northwest where there's, you know, normal weather. Yeah. Yeah. Mild. Well, I don't I don't want to rain on your guys's epic adventure parades, but Lily did take me to go see bunnies yesterday. <laughs> How was that? Did you pick up another couple to add to the menager? Uh, we don't have any bunnies right now, so we're. Uh, but no, she, <laughs> yeah. I, I guess th- there's like You're a, an exclusively a bu- uh, feline household are you? For, for right now. Yes, um, I'm sure at some point we will have bunnies. Um, but no, there's a bunny rescue place, I guess, like, I don't know, 30, 45 minutes away from here. And they basically want they they also do boarding and they basically want volunteers to come by and cuddle bunnies because <laughs> it gets them used to human contact sort of thing, you know, and then that the way they're a lot better when people pick them up. Yeah. Uh, but Lily was like, let's just come with me. And I'm like, all right, whatever. So <laughs> I came with there's like seven little enclosures for the bunnies and. Uh, I guess we were she she normally goes there for like three hours after like 30 minutes. I'm like, okay, I've seen all the bunnies and most (laughs) of them don't most of them don't like me. So I I went back into the car and apparently I fell asleep. And because like three at two and a half hours later, I was like, what time is it? Um, So she had she had her she had her fun and and cuddled the bunnies. I got my fix and went to the car and slept. So, yeah, <laughs> that was my excitement for the weekend. Fun. That's, that's tough to beat, man. I don't know what to say to that. I know. Grand Canyon, Shenandoah, <laughs> Sleeping in a car. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, I assume in between all your guys' travels, you managed to play some games, right, Steve-O? Yep. Yep. Hey, hang on. Hang on. Before we get started, um, I wanted to draw attention to this, this f- not really fan-made but like an industry like fan trailer basically of the of the chrono break game that has been pretty much uh it's it, how would you describe it it's like the long it's ru- kind of like long rumored never actually in development just a dagger to the heart of chrono fans everywhere <laughs> it's the game everyone's wanted and has never been made for like the last 15 years oh, and god damn it um the creator of owl boy created this uh this little just fan-made trailer as if it were a real game and it looks phenomenal it looks it looks like an updated chrono trigger and uh the music is incredible it's it like you said dagger to the heart josh it's you see what could easily be and the best thing we can hope is square enix takes notice and is like hey We'll just have these guys do it for us and put our name on it. Yeah, Is there any uh, chance uh, they would ever do that? Have they ever done anything like that? No, they haven't. Um, yeah, I, I don't think so. I hadn't seen the thread that or the video until you posted it. So now I'm in a bad mood. Um, yeah. <laughs> was it this, meant to be a trilogy or was no, they just I don't know how this rumor got another... started. That's a good question. No, it was like so, why break because way back when Chrono Cross came out recently, soon after that. Uh, I, again, I could be wrong, but I, because this was like 15 years ago. Um, but I, I vaguely remember there was a trademark created for Chrono Break. Um, hmm. it didn't last very long, but everybody was like, oh my God, they're making a third game. 
and it just it never happened. The trademark expired, and now it's just been like it's just this rumor mill bullshit where everybody's like, I want this. Everybody, everybody who played Chrono Trigger and Chrono Cross was clamoring for this game, but Square SquareSoft at the time, I think, didn't just didn't do anything with it. So um, yeah, it was never intended to be a trilogy. Chrono Trigger by itself is is a pretty standalone game. You can there you, Chrono Cross expands on it, but. There's sure. Chrono Trigger itself. There's only like maybe like one, maybe two story threads that are really left up to up to, you know, your interpretation or up to clarification later. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, and even then Chrono Cross kind of closes all those. up. <laughs> so it's yeah, it's Chrono Break was one of those like I every, a lot of people want it. It never happened. It probably will never happen. So we just cry ourselves to sleep every night. It's like a it's like having a, a proper Silent Hill HD collection. Yeah, <laughs> that never gonna happen. Yeah, actually, this is probably uh, Metroid Dread, right? That's a, a oh, similar God. thing. Yeah, Metroid Dread was another one. God damn, forgot about that one. Yeah. Man, when will these companies learn? Just let us give you money. Yeah, just and just let fans do things. Hopefully, again, Sonic Mania proved that companies yeah. could get teams of fans to build these things and do pay homage to the original. And make a great game in themselves, and for them to be uh, what do you call it, financially uh, profitable. Yeah, but Elliot, we got yeah. we got Federation Force, so Metroid's doing just fine. You're right, Josh. That really, uh, I don't need <laughs> Dread anymore. Metroid <laughs> Federation Force is what I asked for. Exactly. But yeah, I, I mean, I'm 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 not hopeful, but I mean, Octopath Traveler it was like the highest selling game this month or last month or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And so I saw I, that. I, I'm. I'm I'm hopeful that will that some pe- people will take that as a sign that people are looking for games like that. I'm not hopeful Definitely. that it will be specifically Chrono Break, <laughs> but mm-hmm. just we'll see. So <sighs> Chrono Break Switch release uh would be just mwah. <laughs> yeah, I don't I, I don't know what I'd do if that got announced. I yeah, I'm just you gonna lose your shit. Yeah, that'd be uh the short and long. <laughs> that'd, that'd be the short and long of it. It um, comes out like tomorrow and you can't buy it till 2019 fuck that i'm breaking release i'm breaking I, i'm breaking I'm, <laughs> chrono breaking i am yes i am breaking our, our pact if it if it suddenly comes out tomorrow fuck you guys i don't care you could travel <laughs> into the future uh, but no you yes. by, by the way Steve, uh, you need to play chrono cross i know it's it's not really chrono trigger but it's it's still a great game and if you want to have an earworm for the rest of your life chrono cross the <laughs> soundtrack will do it for you yeah oh. And That's a great one. Yeah. Well, speaking of amazing music, amazing game soundtracks, and also if Square Enix need uh, some kind of uh, testimony to how good the guy who created that trailer is, I have been playing Owlboy. Oh, and okay. guys, That's the greatest segue I think we've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> it is something special. It really feels so different to to. Any other game I've played, uh, I, I'm going to try to describe it. I, I guess the first few things to say about it were it, like it, it's well known as being a game that took forever to come out. It was. Like, yep. I was just saying, like, I've heard of it in passing, but I know nothing about it. Same here. I think people had seen like pictures of it because the art is really striking. It's it's 2D pixel art. It's it's really beautiful, colorful yellows and greens and, and reds um very like uh hand-drawn hand-painted looking um and it was uh, development actually began on it i think in like 
2007. Oh, whoa! Yeah, it it was a full full ten years in the making. Oh, that makes sense. I feel like I've been hearing about it for years now, so that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And uh, it has been getting all this hype, but people thought maybe it would never come out. I I believe uh, the lead designer might have been suffering from depression during it, so it took Mm. him you know much longer times, and I'm sure he wasn't developing it at, at different times, but it feels to me like it was worth the wait. It, right. it, it just, everything about it, it's got so much love put into it. And it's really strange because it's not a normal uh, 2D platformer. It's it's actually more of a, a twin stick shooter. Oh, really? It's weird. Yeah, so it's really kind of strange. So, so it, it opens up and you are this owl boy called Otis. And uh, it opens up with you being trained by one of the elders of the village. And this is uh, a cute little way of, of introducing the controls. It serves as a bit of a tutorial on, on how to control Owlboy, um, like jumping and then flying and moving around the screen and picking stuff up. Um, but during it, this guy, this elder, is just constantly giving you abuse, like <laughs> ye- yelling at this poor uh, boy. And so you're uh, used to this via the podcast, so this is okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Constant <laughs> abuse. And Otis is mute, so he is just taking this and looking sad. <laughs> and it's like it's it seems really harsh, and I'm sure it's all building towards the you know he finally. Turns this guy, you know, proves this guy, proves his worth to all these people later on. But for the introduction of it, for the first half hour, even I'm, I'm a couple hours into it now. He's still getting abuse from everyone. Everything say, he tries s- to do. Steve, you played it for you say you're a couple hours in. I mean, most people are done with the tutorial in like ten minutes. So I just want to make sure <laughs> the tutorial <laughs> is well done. I'm, I'm uh, about. I think I'm into the fourth area now. Um, and it really is really fun to control. You, you wouldn't expect that this kind of thing would work that well, but it, it works that you pick up your, your partners. You have your, your best friend. I think his name is Getty. And then I picked up, uh, one other, uh, team member, squad member, uh, who, who I guess, oh, it's not too much of a giveaway. He's like a former pirate and your uh your best friend has a little pistol that he shoots in eight directions obviously depending on you know where you're aiming the right analog um and the other guy shoots a shotgun so i imagine as i progress through i'm going to pick up people who shoot bombs and at at any time the, you know they explain it as you found this relic that is uh and created by the ancient owls and it's a button that you can hit to teleport friends to you and so is it is it a is it a it's not a Metroidvania is it it's just like levels though right No, I think it's just levels. Okay. There is a lot of exploration in it, but um, can't even think if there's a map. Yeah, there must be a map, but uh, it doesn't fill up till you work your way through it. It okay. certainly doesn't seem like uh, it's it's not a one big world. You are working through it in levels. Okay. Um. But it's the exploration is really satisfying. The the shooting's pretty good. I have to say, all of the boss ba- battles that I've come up against so far have been really easy. I I think at the most I may have died once during them and then beaten them on the second time. But most of them I think I just have beaten on on first try. Um, I don't hmm. think I'm playing it on easy. I I'm definitely playing it at normal. Maybe there's a hard mode and I didn't pick that. 
I'm but... very proud of you, Steve. I just want you to know that. <laughs> Thanks, Josh. <laughs> I promise to get through this one quickly. You'll probably <laughs> still look at the number of hours and just laugh at me, but but I can take it. <laughs> uh, but the other things that are really worth mentioning in it are um, the the soundtrack is absolutely beautiful. I think I sent you guys. Uh, one of the tunes. Yeah, you did. To it, last it was week. it was good. Um, yeah, I, it, I I do agree. It, it has this amazing mix of of like swelling orchestral uh, sounds, and then it also has these little like fun chip tunes in there as well, and it kind of huh. yeah. blends between them. It, it like moves between them really seamlessly, and it just like it just makes you really happy it's either happy in like a peppy kind of way or happy in a wow something something important's happening here and you're like <laughs> it, it really builds up uh tension it's it's kind of cool also i don't know if you noticed i i posted a screenshot of it um the some of the cutscenes which are kind of comic book style again it's all it's all they're not really they're not video they're they're not cutscenes they're kind of um uh it, it reminds me a little bit of um, uh, what do you call it? The Metal Gear Solid one. I mean, they're not actually comic uh, frames. Uh, kind of like motion comics. Yeah, yeah. You mean, you mean yeah, like, 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 that. like Peace Walker? You mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. a little bit like that. But but I guess obviously more cutesy and more uh, rough, cartoony. Um, right. mm-hmm. But but. When epic events happen in it, even though it's in this like cutesy world with animals and with with birds, and it it still feels powerful. It it still has a bit of a a hit to it, and I, I really because of that, because of that mix of of charming and you know epic, it it's really it it just it's got a hold of me. You know, I'm I'm gonna yeah. I'll definitely try and get through the rest of it for the next uh, episode. Um, I'm guessing neither of you have picked it up, no? No, and I no, mean, no. a lot of, I mean, uh, I'll be honest, I, I think platformers in general don't really excite me as much anymore. I mean, like, level-based platformers, like Metroidvania is okay, that's one thing. But I mean, like, you yeah. know, go through the level, you know, just they don't excite me as much anymore. But I mean, the music you, the music clip you sent me, that was really good. And I, I've heard mm-hmm. really good things about this. So, um, yeah, it, it's something I'd probably at least take a look at. Uh, I mean, I don't know if it's something I'd, really enjoy uh, just just from what you told me your things but i mean just at least something to give a try to yeah are you playing it on switch or steam i'm playing it on steam with a switch pro controller <laughs> best oh, cool. of both worlds <laughs> yeah um uh the other game it kind of reminds me of is beyond good and evil that that kind of uh huh. anna, well, oh, what's the word anna, anamorphic what what is it animal animals anthropomorphic anthropomorphic Anthropomorphic. thank you josh Um, (laughs) and like uh they feel like real characters they feel like real real people you know Uh, even though they're all cutesy animals and the world feels lived in and fleshed out even though there's not that many people in the village and even though you are moving through these these levels quite linearly um but it's but it feels like a real place it's really it it's got it's soaked in atmosphere. I I just I'm really enjoying it. It's great. It sounds yeah. like a bit uh, like Hollow Knight's atmosphere. There's there's not a ton of people, but you can tell it's steeped it, in, exactly in, in history and yeah. It it feels lived in. That that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah it, yeah yeah. It's it's brilliant. I uh, hopefully um, maybe it'll come on 
sale at some point. Maybe I'll pick it up for one of you or uh, <laughs> I guess once we get into 2019 and all the games are on sale and we can buy stuff again, then I'd, I'd highly recommend picking it up. I'm hoping that it continues and the story is this good all the way through, but I'll, I'll report back for sure. I'll definitely take a look. Yeah, at it. I love I love platformers, uh, aside from what Josh just said. Um, and it's like, so the one thing I want to know, because platformers tend to be pretty simple, is for me to get a lot out of it is there's a lot of reasons to go back. Like there's there's things to collect, like the the Mario platformers. You can collect all the red coins or all like the the special stars that are hidden throughout the level. Like, right. Have you encountered reasons to go back? Is there a collectathon, like 100%ing, or is it pretty much just like, is it more about the story and the music? Actually, funnily enough, because like these days, most platformers are going to give you that re replayability factor. This doesn't seem mm. like it is. This definitely seems more concerned with telling a linear story, which, mm -hmm. as you know, for me, that's, that's more my style of game than maybe either <laughs> of yours. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. I think I'd give it a shot, though. Yeah, I think I think you get a kick out of it. Definitely for for the soundtrack and and for the story. I think both of you uh, would would enjoy it. Um, nice. Yeah. Apart from that, I've been playing a little bit of well, played through the Valkyria Chronicles Four demo, which Steve, I know. Steve, we already talked about this last time. <laughs> I know, yeah. Josh. I know. <laughs> yeah, it's been great. It's it's high up there on my list of uh, things that I'm going to make you guys buy in. Uh, what nine, almost eight weeks now. <gasps> Come on, Steve's birthday. Yeah. Oh, I was sitting there like, though. You, <laughs> I was like, I thought you were gonna say eight or nine months till the end of the year. And yeah. I'm like, no way. There's no <laughs> way. <laughs> Have I been sleeping? Where am I? <laughs> <laughs> well, Elliot, since Steve-O has been knee deep in Alboy, how about you? Are we not doing phrasing anymore? Or okay. <laughs> no, we're no. What are you talking about? <laughs> Said Ripley to the space bishop. Never mind. That doesn't work here. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So I decided that uh, if if you guys remember the last time we did a, a roulette, I had had rhyme on there for pretty much since January, and I'm for some reason my slot on the roulette never never rolls, never gets picked. <laughs> and after about a thousand weeks on the the roulette wheel, I decided to take it off and swap it out, and I thought. Maybe I should actually play it and then I can talk about it and then we can at least um, since we we talked, we kind of built it up or at least I did so much for so long. Um, why not uh, give it a little closure? So it was a PS Plus game uh, earlier this year and that's how I got it without violating our uh, <laughs> our, our pledge. And uh, I played it. Um, I haven't finished it yet, but I, I played two or three hours, I think. Is it fun? And, um, Is it good? Is it interesting? So here's the thing. It's terrible. That's a no. That's a no. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's, it, is, it is good. It is, it is fun. Um, it is interesting. It has problems, though, for sure. Um, for instance, I'll just start with the most obvious one. It doesn't seem to be very well optimized. Um, in fact, the last time I played, I stopped playing because the game literally crashed on me. So wow. it, it, it's, it's it took like me a, to an error message. It's like an eco type game, right? So yeah, it 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 play it looks like the uh the developer drew strong influences from games like Eco, uh even uh, that game company games like Journey. Um and there even some uh Monument Valley. And it and this is in terms of like design, style, aesthetic. 
gameplay, objectives, puzzles. It's it it's pretty much all those in one, but not quite as good as those. Uh, um, yeah. Off the bat, I just have to say the animation is beautiful. It is technically really good and artistically a stunning game music is amazing as well like it it's up there with the best um in terms of like sen- sensory uh experience but when you're playing it it's not quite as bright um and not just technically but things like a lot of the puzzles are very basic. Like you're presented with the problem and there's a solution immediately after kind of thing. Like yeah. You don't have to think too hard. It's like Uncharted. Uh, it's yeah, Uncharted, Uncharted without the guns and fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's so for instance, like I had to get to uh, an object that I had to activate and it was being guarded by a boar. And the, the, there's no enemies. There's no life bar. There's no HUD. Uh, the boar was just blocking the way. And behind me, there's... There was a fruit tree with fruit on the ground that other boars were eating. So I just grabbed the fruit and gave it to the boar. And it was just like this this obstacle that meant nothing (laughs) for no reason at all. It didn't have any consequence. Whereas the other games like Last Guardian and Eco, like it's part of the world. The puzzles are part of the lore and the history. And you get a glimpse into like what could have been before, what civilization was there. And and this thing drops it starts you off with no uh context there's uh, no there's no words there's no story you just wake up on a beach yeah uh there's this short opening cinematic of a storm so you, it looks like maybe you're shipwrecked and uh you've, you, you've got to get the you eight, get up. you got to get the eight, eight instruments to get the ballad of the windfish going and yeah right <laughs> so it's 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 like it's like uh um link's awakening in a way but it's there there's you don't even get text there isn't anything at all you're just in this and is my life is, now <laughs> and it, yeah like he just gets up and starts doing the stuff and it's like and it's questions that i've never had to ask from other games like this and yeah. it makes me realize how good they are it just ant- building the answers into the actions because i'm like how does he know how to activate this thing you just you go up to these glowing orbs and you shout at them you hit the triangle button and he goes ah and then, like the a light comes out and swirls around and opens a door, and it's like, how did he know that, that would, that would have taken me ages? I would have been hammering yeah. on it. I would have been kicking yeah. it. I never would have yelled at it. <laughs> so, uh, so it does. It, it, does the world feel alive enough? And and does it seem like? Uh, is it beautiful enough? Is it striking enough that that makes you want to play that ga- the game? Or tr- truthfully, yeah, like I, I, it'll pull me along into it. And the the puzzles, it's kind of a double edged sword. They're a little disappointing, but they're so simple that they don't hold me back. It's easy for me to just kind of keep going. It's on Elliot's and level like, of puzzles. It, <laughs> it it is a game that's uh, it's it's more relaxing to play than anything. So it's I'm not looking for a challenge. I'm just trying to to hear some music and see some like nice art and animation. It It's nothing like I could probably listen to a totally unrelated podcast while I play it. And <laughs> um, it's, but I, I do think it's striking enough to keep going. I do intend to keep playing it. Well, that's good. Um, the, the only thing about it is that me, but you, you gotta compare this. This came out two months after breath of the wild. Oh yeah. <laughs> and it's kind yeah, of like I mean, be- beautiful, game, colorful though. game. And <laughs> Uh, well, yeah, but I I think of Breath of the Wild, firstly, as exploring this beautiful, colorful world 
even uh-huh. before like fighting enemies or anything. And yeah, there's, I, th- know, there's threats in the Zelda though. There's not threats in Rhyme. It sounds like I'd say this is like a poor man's witness. There you go. Ah. To, to sum it up, like yeah. it, it's it's basically a giant puzzle island, and it's colorful and has all the stuff, but it's it's. I mean, it's the puzzles aren't satisfying at all. It's it's a step above like a mobile game. I feel like I feel like you could see this on a mobile device in a year or two, and it would be. But uh, it's like a walking simulator with mild, slightly more interaction. Yeah, it's yeah, it's and I don't I don't want to. I don't want to undersell it because the the achievement in art and animation and music is really well done. Yeah. But in terms of like, so they got all this stuff put together and it's like, sweet, now, to, now what do we do? And then they just rush through the rest is kind of the impression yeah. I get. Um, but yeah. Well, uh, I'm glad you it, didn't pick it in a <laughs> backlog roulette. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so that's the other thing. I don't know what we would have talked about. It would have been like, yeah, you do these <laughs> things because there's no story to talk about. There's no... It would have just been like we all played this game and it was okay. But <laughs> I, I, I'll I'll say it's better than I expected it would be um, for sure. It surprised me in that way. My my expectations were pretty low going into it, but um, I do think I'll finish it. That's good. I don't think it's too long. Um, I I'm not going to tell you to go out and play it, but if you ever need to just relax and you don't want to uh, to think through anything, it's it's you could do a lot worse than rhyme. That's what I, I got dark songs for. <laughs> what's that so that's what i have dark souls for <laughs> god i hate I, you i think this is on uh it's on nintendo switch so i feel like if it was going for five bucks or something on there maybe it would be worth it just you already to, owned it and it's free <laughs> I, I know but i'm never gonna take the time to sit down for a few hours on the sofa and play it when i could play yeah. something with a story or when i could play something with a bit more challenge to it and a bit more satisfaction but if it was something that i could play you know 20 minutes in bed that would actually relax me and chill me out before going to sleep then you know maybe i would do it Mm. all right could do a vita remote play boom there you go (laughs) good point (laughs) um on the other side i think josh uh you played some games that i've been dying to get you guys to play for so long (laughs) and i'm real excited to hear what you thought (laughs) Yeah, I uh, finally broke down and I was looking at my uh, PS4 library and I was like, oh, yeah, I've got Darksiders. Maybe I should give that one a shot. So, yeah, you do. <laughs> that game so that steve was meant to play forever. <laughs> <laughs> forever and ever ago. So, so I started playing it two days ago and I beat it last night. God um, damn it, Josh. What's wrong with you? Yeah, baby. <laughs> <laughs> El- he beats Elliot. all the games. Elliot, how long should it have taken me? How long did it take you? Just, just so we can get this out of the okay. way. Okay, so uh, I played it once, and I, uh, I might have played it like one and a half times, but I, I, it was way back when it came out in like two thousand nine, yeah. eight on Steam. So on PS three, yes. and I don't remember how long it took me, but I want to say it was. 15 hours, maybe 12 to 15. Okay. Yeah. I finished it in about 13, a little over 13 hours. I, uh, okay. So it must've actually been closer to 20 for me then. (laughs) (laughs) Must've been 48 hours. I, I was two days. I I did not leave my seat. (laughs) I found all the artifacts. I got nine of the 10 wrath or, uh, wrath cores and nine of 10 health cores or whatever the hell they're called. Okay. So you, you got more done in much less time than I did too. (laughs) But, uh, Did you platinum it, or are you close to platinum? Uh, no, I didn't because the 
Platinum required one. I didn't play it on Apocalyptic, which is a trick, which is one of the trophies I played it on normal. And then there's another trophy that's missable because in this one section where you're flying around, you have to kill like 160 enemies while you're flying. Oh, and I didn't yeah. do that. So, but yeah, so I finally played Darksiders and it's you in Darksiders, you take on the role of war, one of the four horsemen, which they take some creative liberties with the names of the four horsemen because the original yeah. four horsemen are war, uh, war, death, pestilence, and famine. In this one, it is war, death, fury, and strife. And yep. so you take the role of on Good the role of strife. war. Yeah. <laughs> Better than pestilence. <laughs> so you take on the role of war who suddenly shows up, even though the seventh seal has not been broken and angels and demons are fighting each other and you're blamed for it because all of a sudden you showed up, even though that, like I said, the seal was not broken and you're basically on a quest to uh, figure out who actually brought you forth and get revenge and clear your name. Um, so, but the basic gameplay of dark stars it's basically a zelda game with like god of war like combat um i which i really liked because i like the fact that you there's old god of war yeah old god of war yeah yeah sorry old like ps2 god of war um and i i mean i like the fact that it's a it's very zelda like i mean you start off there's a hub world and there's like i think four major dungeons plus like a final dungeon that you go through and Can you do them in any order or are they locked off? Uh, no, depending you, on- no, you have to go through them each in order because like once you enter a dungeon, you can't leave until you fight the boss. Yep. So mm-hmm. um, and the items that you need to progress are in those dungeons like Zelda. So like you enter, there's like a not a big chest, but for lack of a better term, a big chest somewhere in each of those dungeons that has a new item. And typically that's something like a grappling hook or a, a, a fist that lets you break through ice, you know, something that lets you access areas you haven't been able to access before. Okay. So then you have to beat a certain dungeon first so that you can get it to a different dungeon. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Du- story wise and dungeon wise, the game is linear, but as far as like yeah. backtracking to go pick up items you missed, that's where those extra abilities come in. Cool. So, um, yeah, I, uh, it's, I played the remastered version on PS4. I actually have Darksiders 2 also, which I did boot up and played the intro part just to see what it was like. Um, and it's, uh, like I mentioned before, very, very, it's combat is very God of War like it's very, it's action oriented. So it's not as clunky as like Zelda. Cause you have things like dodging combos, um, magic spells that you can use or not really magic spells, but, uh, special attacks special attack yeah special attacks that use up this wrath meter that you have that's separate from your life um but yeah it's uh i i actually really enjoyed it um it's it's got it's 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 got some quirks because i think it's an older game and in the small amount that i've played of darksiders 2 that kind of fixes part of it because so in darksiders 1 there's a lot of things you can do that are still sequestered to four-way movement like dodging, you can only dodge in the four yeah. four directions. Climbing walls, you can only you can only like dash along the wall in the four directions, for instance. Mm-hmm. Um, which is kind of weird because movement is definitely analog. Um but uh like Dark Siders 2, when I dodged, you can dodge in any direction, for instance. So at least they fixed that in the sequel. So some minor quirks there. Um, but the it was I, my nephew was actually pretty interested in it. He was watching me play it for a bit because he loves Zelda games. And uh, he, he actually started looking into like the lore behind the Darksiders games. He's like, oh my God, I need to play these games. And Darksiders mm-hmm. 3 is coming out. And it's, yeah. it sounds like all three of these games and assuming, assumedly a fourth at some point, they're all pl- taking place in parallel where you play as one of the horsemen. So like 
The second game you play is Death, and it's taking place alongside the first game while War is going through his whole revenge plot thing. Oh, is it alongside? I didn't realize that. Yeah, it's kind of like it. Yeah, it. So like in the because, yeah, when you start off Darksiders 2, Death's talking to the Keeper of Secrets and is saying, like, I'm here to clear War's name. And the Keeper of Secrets is like, War's down groveling in front of the council saying, you know, I didn't do it. And that that takes place at the very beginning of Darksiders 1. So, yeah, it sounds like they all take place in parallel. So my assumption would be that if they you know, had the time and money and the wherewithal to actually make this entire series, there would be four games that all take place in con- concurrently. And then like a fifth game that takes place where they all come together or something. Yeah. Cause the, the, the ending of Darksiders yes. one made me think that. Yeah. And that's yeah. the thing. So at the end of the, at the, end of the yeah, at the end of the first <laughs> game, you see yeah. that you see the three other horsemen come flying out of the sky so yeah. it, that's kind of confusing to me, too, because, again, I haven't really played Darksiders 2 either or, or, or fully, so I don't really know what the hell's going on. Although Darksiders 2 does seem to, like, take place in another world or dimension or whatever the hell it is. So it's it, a, yeah. it might be going on t- simultaneously, but I'm not entirely sure. So I haven't played much of 2 myself, but uh, and mostly because, like, the ending of 1 set up potential sequels so awesomely and it did. I was so pumped. And then two, they made them slightly renege on that, and and that kind of deflated it a bit. And I played maybe an hour or two, and then I was like, ah, I got distracted by something else. But I do want to get into it. I was, just, I just thought that that ending set up such an awesome potential, yeah, franchise. Yeah, no, the way the ending set it up was was actually really, really well done, and I was, and I, I was excited. And um, but then looking into it, and it sounds like Darksiders three. I think you play as strife i can't remember it's i don't know you play you play yeah. as one of the other two that's not there so um yeah fear your strife yeah and it and it takes and it also would take place concurrently with one and two so i'm yeah i i really enjoy playing through the first one so i'm actually kind of i'm definitely going to play through the second one like i said i've already booted it up once i'm done with the other game i'll talk about i'll probably continue with that one how um, was the story I, josh it was good um it's um the characters are kind of interesting well war is a bit of a boring bastard is he but uh well, i mean he's kind of caught in this whole like i'm just pissed off at everybody because everybody's pissed off at me type thing so <laughs> and yeah. you've got like this what this guy called the watcher who's like uh attached to you basically played by mark hamill yeah, yeah. no way yeah. i didn't know that yeah I told I, you this. It's a pretty famous cast in general. I think he so, does another. I think he does a voice in in Dark Souls Two as well. Yeah, and the main the uh, war is voiced by Liam uh, Neeson. No, Liam O'Neill. Is that right? No, Liam no, O'Brien. Liam O'Brien. Thank you. Sorry. Yeah. Who is uh, that? I know who that is? I, I I I looked this up, and I it's honestly not coming to me too. But he's also a very well known voice actor as well. Oh yeah, he's got a uh, lot of things on here. Yeah, but um. Yeah, the the story's pretty good. You meet some, you definitely meet some interesting characters. It's all sparsely pop. The the, the story's kind of sparsely populated throughout the dun, throughout. Uh, sorry, in between dungeons and when you move to like a new area and, and the like. But um, yeah, I uh, it it was it, it was enough to the story was good to good enough to keep me going. Combat was pretty decent. You have three primary weapons. You've got a sword, a scythe, and some fists that you get later. The scythe you have to purchase and like. 
The problem, the, the, here's the, my main gripe is that they they level up so slowly throughout the game that mm-hmm. there really was never a reason. One, one, there was never really a reason to use the fists outside of breaking like ice to progress in areas because the fists knock back enemies. And so and the way you level up your weapons is by using them. And so if you're constantly knocking back enemies, it makes it a pain in the ass to actually kill them. So yeah. I never leveled up the fists at all. The scythe was great for like group attacks. And but the problem was it was so weak. I mean, I did try to make an effort to level up the scythe for things. But like once I got to the final boss, which, by the way, was a total pushover, which was really, yeah. really disappointing. Maybe maybe I'll play it through an apocalyptic mode at some point. I also got like the abyssal armor. Which is like you collect these 10 armor pieces throughout the game, which also then decreases the damage you take. And the final boss was just a cakewalk. So maybe is, I maybe I, maybe I nerfed plus? it myself. Uh, no, I don't think there is a new game plus, but it's, um, it's like I said, it only took me 13 hours. So it's something I, I could see myself playing through again. Cause now I know what, what the hell I'm doing and I won't yeah. have to backtrack as much. Um, I got that sense when I played it too. It was, as soon as I was done, I was like, okay, now I know what I'm doing. I'm going to play it on apocalyptic and like get all the trophies. But well, I, so once I started dark Siders two, I, I decided to play it on apocalyptic. So, but Dark Souls 2 adds another difficulty past that called Death Definitive, or at least the, yeah. the the Definitive Edition add maybe adds that version. So this is like the next the highest difficulty. But um, could you not unlock? Do you have to unlock the last one, the no. highest difficulty. By no, no, no. You could do it from the outset. I just I don't know. Depending on the type of game, I don't. I don't know. There's there's a point where difficulty becomes just stupidly difficult rather yeah. than like entertainingly difficult. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Like yeah. like when I play like Shin Megami Tensei Nocturne, like the normal difficulty is hard, like but like in like hard mode is just insanely, Painful. insanely difficult, like <laughs> crazy, like it's hard. not it's it's, it's not fun anymore. I've tried it and I've made some progress, but you just hit a point where you're like, OK, I, I don't want to grind. I don't want to deal with this shit. So, um, yeah, yeah, I, I, I like a challenge, but I like organic challenges not like artificially inflated challenges so yeah um I'll always play, nicer I'll play. to feel like you're working through something as opposed to just redoing the same thing because you keep dying yeah so <laughs> so so typically in games where i'm not entirely sure how that's going to play out i'll do the next to highest difficulty just to yeah. see um but yeah I, I i like i said before i really enjoyed it it's uh if you like zelda games if or if you even like god of war type games it's a lot of it's a lot like that and it's great characters pretty decent story um just fun to play in general there's a lot of backtracking if you want to go find items and stuff like that and oh actually now that i mentioned this fuck the last dungeon it is insanely long so like i remember that so there's like four major dungeons that you have to fight before you tackle the last one and the last one is basically three dungeons in one and each dungeon each of those towers that you go through you have to go through it fight the boss at the top and the boss is really easy thankfully and then that turns on this like beam of light that you then have to redirect all the way back down to the bottom and you have to do that three times (laughs) which by the time i'd finished the first one i was like oh my god i've got to do this two more goddamn times so like yeah i'm pretty sure like the last like life shards and wrath shards that i'm missing are in that dungeon and i'm not going back i mean maybe (laughs) if just in order to get the platinum because i don't want to have to play through everything again to do that but jesus christ (laughs) it was just painful but other than that one excessively long dungeon it was a fantastic game and i'm really glad i played it finally 
Good. I'm, I'm glad you had that feeling and you enjoyed it that much. Um, I feel a little justified in talking about it for so much all these years. I, I <laughs> am a little disturbed now that you said that you, because you've been hyping this game up so much that you haven't really played the second one. Yeah. I know, I know. And that's the thing. Like, I was so excited when it came out and I got it right away and I played it right away. And then I was like, this isn't this isn't what I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to I thought it was going to start off with like showing the three horsemen coming and just zoom in on one of them and be like, now nah, what's he up to? <laughs> yeah. And it, it was just a little different. I hyped myself up for it. And not to say that it wasn't a good game or isn't a good game or isn't going to be a good game. Well, I'll, it just wasn't I'll, I'll finish it. I'll finish it. I'll finish it and tell you. No, 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 don't actually hold (laughs) off on it. Because when you think about it, what we could do is I could play the first one and then we could do the second as a roulette choice. We could. Well, I guess I can do that then, Steve-O, just for you. (laughs) But then you need to hurry up. He's going to go beat it before next episode. You need to hurry up. You hurry your ass up and finish the first one then. (laughs) I will. I will. Um, if you skip ahead, uh, we are going to do a Tacoma chat uh, where we go through the wonderful, relatively short game Tacoma that we all went through over the past few weeks. And we'll do a spoiler chat discussing the whole story and everything that we went through during it. But before that, though, we are going to knock out a backlog roulette. Woo! Is that time? That's right. Is that time? Tacoma was our was our last roulette. So we're going to replace it real quick and uh, and. And yeah, so just I get another so choice. Just, Woo! So just so just to recap, uh, my previous game was Beyond Two Souls. Elliot's was Titanfall Two, and mm-hmm. Stevo's was Tacoma. And since we picked Tacoma, he gets a new choice. So Stevo, what do you got for us? Um, are you both still happy with your choices? Um, for now, am, sure. Um, so I think we decided tentatively that if if our game doesn't get picked three times in a row, we have the option to change it. And I don't think either of our games have been on there for three times yet. So yeah, yeah and yours think, is new. Mine's been on there twice. So if mine doesn't get picked this time, then I can change it next time. Yeah. And yeah. to be honest, I would like to play both of those games that use a pick. So <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm good with you keeping them on there. Um, okay. So time for me to pick something. Um, I was looking at our list of games Checking that we all twice. have. I also looked at a list of historical PS Plus games, and the game that I came up with, we all have, it's on PS4, it's a remaster, actually it's a remake of a beloved PlayStation classic, Ratchet and Clank. Oh, nice. Yes. I, I really, I played the hell out of the the original Ratchet and Clank. Yeah. I re- I'd love to play this. I remember my little sisters playing it, and one time... When we were back over Christmas, uh, my eldest brother was playing through it and he was having a ball and he doesn't even play games that often, um, but wow. he, he was really enjoying it. And uh, all the different weapons that you get as you as you play through it, that sense of progress and varied enemies. And it's a 3D shooter, obviously, with a lot of charm. The remake specifically has a new kind of story thread running it through, uh, run through it rather. Um, mm-hmm. so looking forward to it. Should be a good laugh. Uh, yeah. I, the, one, the main thing that sticks out to me about Ratchet and Clank was when I was in college, I played through, you know, the original on PS2 and I, this was before trophies and all that. And so like, but I had like done so much in the game and I was still working towards like a hundred percent. And I had a friend named Jeff who just came and visited one day and he decided to, he was, pl- he was just goofing off and just playing games on my PlayStation two. And he, 
saved over my game. So I was like, oh my God. I don't, I mean, I can't be mad, but I'm still. Did you murder him? (laughs) Jeff's no longer with us. Um, (laughs) Jeff, if you're out there somewhere, blink twice. uh, Shoot us an email. So yeah. Questions at RotherBeCast.com. So yeah, if if I end up playing this. Josh turned um, him into a cat. (laughs) He's now called Pippin. (laughs) <laughs> so yeah if we, if we end up rolling this i'll probably play it quite a bit <laughs> so all right okay. so good choices good choices so if you roll a one we get beyond two souls if you roll a two we get titanfall two if you roll a three we get ratchet and clank y'all ready hell yeah oh yeah if you all know right. it's gonna be me again it's always me it's definitely not me give Here us a three oh, oh beyond two souls beyond, beyond two, two souls. souls nice okay a good good, good linear story uh, is this one of uh, what's his names? David Cage. Yes, David Cage. Yeah. Oh, yeah. David. <laughs> David Cage. Is that what you said? Yeah, yeah, I think that's what he goes by. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. And, and honestly, thinking of, I ride my tiny bicicleta. No, you don't watch the South Park episode. All right. Fine. <laughs> anyway. Um, Somebody out there is loving that, Josh. Some some listener out there is just. <laughs> I'll, I'll be up, honest. I don't know. I don't really know why I picked this game, other than that we all have it, and maybe it'll be interesting because Heavy Rain sucked. I yeah. don't think. I don't know if Detroit's any good. I've heard mixed things about it. I don't really particularly like David Cage games. I think I picked this one because maybe, <laughs> maybe it's okay. I might play this and say fuck it two hours in. So we'll see. <laughs> I would say the thing um, that we should check up is um, it, when it was first released, it, it, the way it tells the story, it jumps uh, into the, it like goes back into the past. It tells some from the present day. And a lot of people said it was really confusing. Um, it is. So they added, uh, you could play it in chronological order. And yes, I'm kind of interested to see which should you do. Um, so when I played it, I did it as intended and it is jumbly, but I feel like it might be more interesting that way too. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I just like, I always just play it as the original intent Good. if, if, Good. I, if I'm not sure what to do Yeah. and I haven't finished it. I'm like, uh, halfway through it maybe, but, right. um, I'll, I would yeah, probably play it the original way as well. And uh, to be honest, you would like to think that you'd pick up on the subtleties and and whatever like story pieces are important. Uh, the worst thing is if you leave it for a while and come back to it. Yeah. Then you yeah. really don't know where you're at. And I've done that a few times. And so I'm tempted. I'm trying to decide right now if I should just continue where I left off or start it over. Yeah, but... start it over. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. All right. So, uh, yeah, Josh didn't get a chance to to pick a new one. We are doing <laughs> Beyond I, Two Souls. I'm looking forward to Beyond Two Souls. I, I quite enjoyed Heavy Rain. Hoping that yeah. this is I, at I least half decent. I well, I hope Rain you guys enjoyed because now, now that I think about it, I don't know why the hell I picked it. <laughs> <laughs> I, so. I just hope I can tell the difference between a prompt to hold and a prompt to tap because that drove me insane. I forgot which meant hold and which meant tap, and I kept messing up on all the QTEs. And Josh loves QTEs. Let's remember that. Fuck QTEs. <laughs> anyway, take us home, Elliot. <laughs> all right, so uh, we're gonna go into the Tacoma chat here, and um, so please stick around for that. We've got a, a lot of good things to say about it. Um, but uh, if you gotta go, then 
you can catch us until uh, the next episode, two weeks from now, you can catch us at ratherbecast.com, our website. Uh, we're on Twitter at RBPcast is the podcast Twitter, and we each have our own Twitter accounts at RBP Josh, at RBP Elliot, at RBP Stevo. Um, if you're listening to us on iTunes, jump on and give us a quick rating. Uh, we appreciate five stars, four stars, anything like that. Five if you stars. Just, five stars. Yeah, <laughs> mostly just the five stars. <laughs> Tell us what you think. Um, if you have any questions, you can shoot them at us at questions at ratherbecast.com, and we would love to read them on the cast and, and discuss your, your ideas here. Um, we are also on twitch.tv slash ratherbeplaying, where we tend to stream games. We put the video on demand on YouTube, and also every podcast episode goes up on youtube as well um so if you go on there give us a, a thumbs up a like smash smash that like button as they mm. as they say uh, uh other than that is that it i think that's it <laughs> you gotta <laughs> write this miss. shit down elliot <laughs> i know we're on facebook we're on we're on everything just uh tell your friends send the links around that's how we get around. We don't uh, we don't have Patreon or anything crazy like that. So um, the more the more you, you tell people, the, the happier we are. Yep. So we appreciate it a lot. All right, stick around for the Tacoma spoiler chat, and if not, we'll talk to you guys in two weeks. Adios. And okay, so uh, if you're still with us, we're going to be going into our full blown spoiler chat of the 2017 game Tacoma. Um, it was, uh, it was developed by Fulbright, came out in, uh, 2017 on Xbox and 2018 on PS4. So, uh, we played uh, it on, yeah, we played it on PC though. We played it on PC. Yeah. Um, that's right. I forgot it was a timed exclusive for Xbox for a few months there, but yep. It's yeah, everywhere we're... now, and it was free on PC. That so that's how we all ended up picking it up, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Twitch, important. Twitch Prime. important to point out. Yeah, the Twitch Prime deals. So we did not pay for this again because we can't buy games until next year. <laughs> <laughs> so, guys, what did y'all think? Um, I so coming off of our last couple, and I it's not. I know it's not fair to compare games to previous games, but. Like the previous story games we played were so uh, like thick with mystery, kind of like this one, like similar expositions. Um, but I felt like the payoff wasn't quite as impactful as the other one. So I kind of I kind of was left with the is that it? Yeah. Now feeling at the end. Yeah. The ending was kind of like deus ex machina sort of thing, which. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. I kind of, I, I think it hinted and and it kind of kept you on tenderhooks in that way that there was more going on and, you know, what's the mystery to it? Is something going to happen? Is something outrageous going to happen? And there were a lot of interesting interwoven stories and, and narratives, but uh, I guess there wasn't a big giant shock. There wasn't, there wasn't some plot twist at the end to make you go... Oh, I can't believe it, you know, to be out of your seat. So, <laughs> yeah. But, but before we kind of go down this roll rabbit hole, though, we should probably talk about what the game is. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, so Tacoma, uh, like Elliot mentioned, was developed by Fulbright Games, who previously made Gone Home, um, which 
I, I played, I think, have we all played it? I think we all played it, right? Elliot hasn't because he's an absolute disgrace. Oh. It's, it's a classic. Um, it's also similar to Tacoma. It's a yeah. first person walking simulator, if you yeah. like that term. Basically, uh, a first person uh, narrative game that doesn't involve a- uh, action. It doesn't involve guns or swords or it's just going around picking things up investigating reading things and occasionally pressing a button or two i guess yeah yeah the story is usually told through dialogue and item descriptions and things like that emails and uh there's no threat there's no fighting there's no battles or shooting you just uh you're, it's an interactive movie. Yeah. And for, for better or worse. And so uh, while in Gone Home, you played as a girl who comes home to find everybody gone. And, you know, there's like this super big mystery at uh, going on with, with what happened to everybody. In this game, you play as Amy, who is dispatched to the Tacoma Space Station by the Venturis Corporation, who owns it, to investigate why, you know, what happened. Uh, the crew members died and you have to you know, piece together what happened, collect all these, all this data, and then bring it back as lo- along with the AI that runs the ship named Odin. And so the whole game is you start out by docking on the game and then you're just inspecting uh, section after section. So like the living areas, engineering, um, and, and at, along the way, or you... Actually, actual inter- shout out to the intro of the game. I really like the music. Just oh. as you were docking, it was very like uh, um, what do you what do you call it? Uh, Space Odyssey. Yeah, <laughs> it was. I, it was kind of epic. I, I enjoyed that, and even the the design of the exterior of the spaceship, which you can actually see from a lot of the areas inside as well. There's like orbiting sections, yeah. and it's it's mm-hmm. it's a really beautiful design. It's it's really striking. Yeah. Um. And uh, so but the big quirk about this game is once you dock, you interact with the AI who directs you to put on these augmented reality sensors on your head. And the way you uh, interact with the environment, other than like picking up items and things that you find, is the AR sensors allow you to replay things that have happened in whatever area you're in. So like you might go into the personnel quarters and into one of the characters, E.V. St. James office and you turn on the AR and it plays like a 15 minute recording of E.V. St. James, like going over a speech she's about to give. And you mm-hmm. could pause, rewind. Um, and and the thing big thing, though, is that everything in a single area takes place simultaneously, like like real life. So um, while they might while all the characters might be having a group conversation, like in the middle of the area, after five minutes, they may all split up to go have their own own little conversations and you can't follow all three of them at once. So, yeah. or you have to go back and you go, you know, you go follow one guy, listen to his thing till the end and you go back, follow another guy, rewind it a bit to find out what they were talking about. And so the, the, the way you unfold the narrative is by basically rewinding and playing through these various conversations that are happening. And while it's not, while it does, does assist with what's actually happening on with the plot, it really gives the characters like this full rounded, well-rounded sense that the the people that the developers created for these people like. Yeah, um, you really are just a, a fly on the wall while these people's lives are, are happening. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's a really interesting concept. And it, it, go ahead. 
it's it's basically like uh you said it's it's ar and and it's in the even the the characters their representations are ar you're not actually seeing them you're just kind of seeing wireframe yeah uh basic uh um representations of the characters which is such a uh, smart way of doing it as well because like it cuts down on the budget required to like (laughs) do facial (laughs) animations and everything and yet it is believable um, yeah, especially since they introduce it as when you're coming out of the spaceship, you you are doing a few actions so that they can scan your physical representation in the space as if you could potentially be recorded and played back in this way as well. So so it's believable. It's, yeah, it is. kind of cool. It is cool. And I love one of my favorite touches of uh, speaking of interacting with with the AR is she does it using American sign language. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like she, she just like do these hand gestures to like respond yes or no, or spell out what she wants. And, um, I thought that was a nice touch. It was, it was, yeah, it's very very intelligent. Yeah. Like when you're inputting your password or your name, like in the very beginning is she'll respond by doing it with the, the sign language, which is really cool. Um, but yeah, going back to what I said, the characters themselves though are, Really, really well done. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't really know any of the na- voice actors' names. I don't think they're like well-known voice actors, but they did a really, really, really good job. Totally agree. Yeah. Some of the best voice acting I've ever heard in a game. Po- po- potentially the best. <laughs> so the main character is Amy, and I think her voice is the same as one of the characters in Gone Home. Oh, okay. When I looked it up, that's, po- oh, that's yeah. possible. Um, uh, but yeah, every, everyone else, like the the, the whole uh, the whole Crew cast was excellent. Ship, yeah. So there was eight members of the crew. One, two, three, six. Four, five, six. six. Six members of the crew plus you and, and, and the AI. Yes. And Odin, yeah, the Odin. AI, the ship's AI. Yeah. And uh and each of the characters, as as Josh said, the characters are so well done. They're so fleshed out, they're so real. Um, you you can really get a sense of who they are, what their concerns are, their fears are, how like stable they are and everyone's very different and everyone is represented really well um they all have their own histories their own issues which you kind of see by reading through their emails when you go into their offices you you see how their living quarters are laid out if they're messy or they're clean what they've got the posters they got up on the wall um yeah really like like you said fly on the wall it's it's really cool yeah Um, and uh, also the cat I forgot to mention the cat, oh, Margaret yeah. Catwood. Oh, Margaret uh, Catwood. That's right. I was trying to remember the name of really it. Really good. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I think so. Over the course of the story, you're basically a fly on the wall while listening to how these characters are reacting to the news that, oh God, our space station just got hit by some debris. Oxygen levels have been cut off. The only oxygen that's left is what's currently on the ship. And in talking to the AI, they find they only have, uh, what, like 48 hours, I think, before the Mm -hmm. oxygen runs out. And so they go through this whole process of trying to save oxygen by maybe putting someone in cryosleep. But if you put someone in cryosleep, like if they're not recovered within 72 hours, they'll die. Or they try Mm -hmm. and put together like a drone that is not outfitted for people to live in, but they need to re- they need to jury rig it, and so that people can, and then maybe they can be rescued via the drone. Um, okay, real real quick, just um, I don't know if we just skip past this, but yeah, so this is a this is a supply station mm-hmm. where, and it's sitting in a, a Lagrange point in between Earth and the Moon, and it basically supplies come from Earth, get dropped off at the station, and then they get picked up 
from the station and delivered to right. resorts uh, nice. that are on the moon. I, I skimmed over that. Oh, good, okay. good pointing that out. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of the biggest ones. So it's just kind of sitting there in this like this point in space where gravity cancels out between Earth and Moon. Right. And so that's why um there there it's not designed to move, so the station can't move. Yeah. That's why they're they're trying to find a way to get off the station and go to either the moon or the earth. Right. Yeah. Um, and of course, sorry, as, yeah. as Josh says, when the incident happens, when uh, the station actually gets hit with this debris and uh, the emergency begins, um, they are uh, celebrating uh, obsolescence day. Yeah. yeah. As it's known, which uh, you kind of have to do a little digging into to work out uh, what it uh, relates to. But it was basically that uh, space stations like this, um, the idea that the massive uh, interplanetary or corporations had been trying to implement was uh, removing all humans from them, basically, uh, and uh, having AIs uh, take over control, complete control. Yeah. So everything uh, to be unmanned. Um, so the idea was on this date in, was it 2050 something, 2088, uh, they were to be, uh, replaced, but because of, uh, union pressure and pressure on politicians, I think laws were passed, uh, that said that, uh, all, uh, uh, what do you call it? There were, Uh, that AI was not going to be the only thing there needed to be a human presence. mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, um, so that's the big political yeah. issue going on in the background of this whole thing. And unfortunately, unfortunately, I don't think they really tackle it much. <laughs> it like gets yeah. it gets mentioned and maybe like once or twice it's touched on. But I don't think it like the ending to me doesn't help that point at all. I don't know. But did, but did you think a specific statement was been trying to be made and. If there was, I don't, if there was, I don't know. (laughs) Cause so, I mean, I'll, I'll just kind of jump, jump around a bit. So, you know, the, they're talking, the Venturist corporations wants to make things AI only. It wants to remove humans from the equation. So, you know, their space stations or these resorts that they want to build will be, be human, will be AI only rather than human having a human presence there, presumably to cut down on costs and things like that. Um, But then like, as the story goes along, and I'm going to just jump right into the spoiler here, um, you find out that the Venturis Corporation told Odin, which is the AI on Tacoma, to cause an explosion that would cut off the air supply. And then also they made sure that there would be no rescue. So hmm. there was no space debris. This was all caused internally by the Venturis Corporation because they determined that if uh, one of their space stations could be catastrophically removed or destroyed via human error, then that would give them more of a reason to push forward their AI only initiative saying, you know, like computers can't fail. Humans can sort of thing. Mm. And then like, I don't know the, I don't know the, the ending is weird with there's no Odin never seems to like express regret or anything for anything he's doing. So I don't know if they're trying to make like, if they're trying to be sympathetic for AIs or not sympathetic towards AI or I, I think they are. And and I think one of the things that they were trying to do there was to uh, subvert the, uh, you, you know, the, the uh, expectation that, 
oh, the AI had done this, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. the, the AI was evil all along and humans are the good guys and uh, AIs are evil. But of course, in this case, humans are the, the bad guys also, as well as being the good guys. And the yeah. AI is kind of somewhere in between. He's trying not to break his protocol, but he is assisting uh, the people on the spaceship. He is assisting the crew. But he's just um, yeah. he's assisting them within their parameters, though with his within his yes. parameters. The, I guess the only mm-hmm. thing I'd say that he does outside of his parameters, and even then, so at the very end, Sarah, the medical officer, you know, manages to get into that little secret area that suddenly gives the big reveal about yep. you know the cor- the corporation doing this, and the AI. I mean, he doesn't like stop her, but that's only because he can't stop her. So I mean, it's not like he's. Uh, he's like well, pass, well, it passively seems assisting at one her. point he has he has opened a door that uh-huh. that should not have been possible for her to get through or should have taken significant uh physical effort for her to get through i think in a conversation with nat um that sarah has that i don't remember i don't remember really, i don't remember her mentioning anything about odin being the one that opened the door I, I know I but thought- nat nat was asking oh is it open how is it open i thought you would have had to like Break in there, basically. Well, yeah, maybe, but I mean, there also were explosions and stuff on the ship. I mean, I don't, I don't know what would have caused the door to open. I mean, maybe. I'm not saying you're was wrong. It, I just don't remember. Yeah, go was back and check pro- it out. Was there not a protocol or something that Odin was saying, like in the event of an emergency, like the medical officer will have access to? Oh, it could have been. Oh, possibly something like that. Yeah, maybe I, thought, I yeah. thought he mentioned something like that. So, but either way, everything was like barely within protocol and odin was clearly trying to get as close to the edges as possible in order to help them yeah right um and his his direct order was not to tell the crew about it but he would say stuff like uh sarah you should see what this extra door does i can't tell you not to go through it or to go through it but you should maybe see what's there that's true i do remember that it it was and, and so at that point it kind of seemed like maybe they were saying, you know, here's like AI are intelligent and and they're concerned for human life here. And they're trying to do what's right, even though it's against their rules yeah. while staying within their rules. But the story doesn't really focus on that at all. It doesn't really come back to it. It doesn't really set that up for happening. Yeah. Well, um, and you, it also is backed up or is con- contrasted by the fact that the AI caused this to begin with. If you, if you listen to the recording from, <laughs> yeah, from the Venturist yeah. guy, he's talking to his own Juno AI saying, Hey, how can I get the politicians to let me do this? Or, and the, the, the AI is basically like, well, why don't you just cause an accident on a space station and kill everybody on board? So I <laughs> blame it on humans. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I would say though, Josh, um, as regards the, the political side of things, um, I, I, I thought they actually like made a lot of good points along the way that, that maybe, um, you know, all, all built into the same thing. Like, uh, basically these people who are working on these spaceships don't want to be there. <laughs> you know, most of yeah. them are there because they either didn't have other options or, uh, they, uh, you know, couldn't apply for other jobs. This is like a, a lower tier uh, technical job or they're in so much debt from 
the for-profit universities like it <laughs> seems like the for-profit universities are run by the same corporations who own all of the jobs who who you know employ people mm. in all of the jobs right um yeah. so, so it, it's like it's it's building into that thing of uh these corporations basically hold your life in their hands and now they want to get rid of you even from these lower end jobs yeah libertarianism uh, is stupid got it <laughs> <laughs> it yeah that was a great uh world building point as well i thought the it, it, it you'd see like a character's bio info and it would say you know you graduated from amazon university or hilton university yeah. um it was and it, it's a very believable future yeah looking at how things are going right now completely um and sorry one, one thing i that wasn't clear to me was they kept talking about loyalty points and i wasn't sure if that was supposed to be so that was talking about what or? they are what so basically you owe all this money from university that okay. they would give you reductions in rates on yeah. your university fees <laughs> if you stay with this company if you provide loyalty to them but then in some of the letters and things you could basically read between the lines and yeah. you know you're screwed if you don't essentially and one wrong step so for example clive um the english guy uh mm-hmm. killer english accent on him uh <laughs> he's he's like it seems like he has made a few missteps in his career path and he hasn't done as well as he wanted to and he's really down on confidence and and all of this is told through like he's getting he's talking to one of his friends who is uh, a pilot in a rival company um in a rival travel company um and letters uh from jobs that he has been applied to that that he hasn't got and now he's ending up here and also um there's like letters to to his mother as well and conversations that he's having the the detail is so rich. All every piece, every object that you can pick up and look at in your hand is is so well crafted. It, it just it, it really realizes all all of these people and and this this place. It's it's really amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the I think he was the one that also had like smuggled in a tea set or something like that yeah yeah in a, in a in a box in his room and it's just like i don't know it's it's a good it makes it it makes everyone seem very real totally totally um, and one of the things that made him seem real in particular was that he's a bit of a pretender he's a bit of a wannabe it, he mm-hmm. like he's reading these uh self-help books basically which are saying like give people chummy nicknames you know <laughs> call your boss chief and it's like oh this is so adorable and sad and like <laughs> really you know people do struggle with social interactions and and people do like look for help in these these things that it, it just it does make a character more than just a character it makes them feel like a person it's it's really it was really cool I do. Li- yeah. I do like that. I mean, yes, even though this is like this dystopian capitalistic future, um, they do make an effort to kind of normalize some of the things that totally that are. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I don't stigmatize them, but are stigmatized in a lot of areas of the world today, like uh, Roberta and Natalie are, you know, lesbians and are dating and are actually I think they're married, aren't they? 
I think they're actually yeah, married. Yeah, they're actually they're actually married and uh, on the ship together. And Andrew, the botanist, he's got a husband back on Earth with a son. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. So I mean, it's and teenage it's not, son who's a bit of a dick. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but I mean, there's it's it's mentioned. It's it's not just mentioned. It's part of their you know their story and their identity. And it's not like totally. it's just presented as a as a bunch of characters. Like they're it's nothing odd about it which i think they did a really good job about yeah and the interactions the 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 chats between the the, even the first one that you walk into the obsolescence day one where where uh nat and bert uh so she's roberta but everyone calls her bert um (laughs) are are just having a chat and then they're like flirting and and joking around with each other it's so real it's so natural it's it's really really cool it, it's again the performances are just out of this world oh what one of my what well one of my favorite characters though was the doc um uh sarah um because yeah. like she's throughout the story like she's the she's the one that's trying to make a lot of the tough decisions like you know okay do i put these people in cryosleep or you know yeah. trying to keep everybody on board or, or not on board but um uh, you know, uh, basically trying to keep everybody calm and, you know, with their wits about them. And then like you, you follow her along after that conversation, she goes into another room and she starts having like an anxiety attack or a panic yeah, attack. Yeah. And o- o- Odin's there kind of walking her through some like mindful, mindfulness exercises, you know, like, okay, you're, you know, you're walking on a, on grass. Do you feel the grass? And she's like, starts going through her like exercises to get her to pull herself out of the panic attack. Um, mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty interesting. Cause that's something pretty, uh, normal in today's society. And I think you know, even people who are in, who seemingly are in control, you know, in their, in, our, in their private time are probably off, you know, or can also be often in their, you know, going nuts back in their, uh, in their, in their private time, which I guess I just said. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I really loved that scene for like pretty much everything you just said, Josh, yeah. the, and the, the exercises that he was talking her through gave you kind of a, a good world building glimpse into that, you know, probably all the crew members had a pre-recorded, a predetermined, like, this is my happy place. Describe it when I freak out. And <laughs> like, they have these systems in place to help with the psychology of being kind of stuck, uh, isolated in the middle of nowhere. Uh, yeah, it was, it was, a, an empl- it was a good an employee in the middle of a panic attack is not a useful employee to Elliot. Yeah, you have to invest in your people. AI does AI does not get panic attacks. But speaking of that, um, <laughs> the, the the story kind of goes through. You know, there's this horrible traumatic event, and you've got these four. Um, what do we say? Six crew members, and we go through each of their reactions to it, and. At the start, they're all pretty much the same, but then they slowly kind of veer apart. And like we just said, Natalie has a, a panic attack, but in private. Sarah. And she ha- oh, no, Sarah. Sorry. Sorry, Sarah. Sarah. Sarah has a, a, a panic attack in private, and she has it right after um, Andrew has a very public panic attack. Yeah. And he's freaking out and being like, I, I you know, I don't want to go into cryo because, um, as you said, Josh, you have about three days before you like your odds of recovering from it. I thought, uh, and I even then it, it can have, it can have effects immediately. Uh, essentially yeah. he's thinking that he would rather take his chances outside of cryo and just cross his fingers for, yeah. uh, uh, rescue, uh, to arrive. 
as opposed to going into cryo and risking, I'm not sure, the mental and physical uh, harm by going into yeah. cryo while waiting. Yeah, exactly. So the, the, the cryo is a risk, but I guess in the, the company protocols, that's what happens. That's what you have to do to conserve what oxygen is left. Um, everyone has as many non-essential personnel have to go into cryo. And as a botanist, um, he he qualifies for that. Um, and so he 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 freaks out to Sarah um, and saying, you know, like, I'm not going to do this. This is crazy. We're going to wait. The 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 policy is supposed to be the um, Ventures Corporation comes and rescues them after so much time has passed and they're way past that now. So they're going on to these uh, the next steps on the the emergency procedure. And now he's freaking out. And then Sarah leaves that room, goes into her own private room and has her own freak out. I thought that was yeah, it's so really. Real. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a cool it was a cool thing to do. And especially like the weight on her shoulders having to be the one to take care of people as they go into cryo and make sure that they can do it. Well, I thought, I thought maybe she, does she have more than one panic attack then? Cause I think I, I know there was one scene where she has to make a decision about Nat- Natalia going into, uh, going into cryo. And she knows that she's got a medical condition. That means she would probably die in cryo. Um, yeah. She has a heart murmur. So she's got like a 12% chance of recovery. Yeah. Uh, after cryo, which is pretty crazy. And I think so, maybe she, she just talks talks to Odin about that. I think that's more of a discussion. Okay. Yeah, maybe, maybe I don't think she's it. freaking about it, but it's it's something she's kind of like dealing with the entire time because right. she decides not to tell her. Right. Um, which kind of took me out of like th- that whole thing about the heart member took me out of it. You're going on a space station where emergency protocols, you have to go into cryo. And you don't know you have a condition that <laughs> yeah. could kill you if you do uh, it. I was okay. like, <laughs> I hadn't yeah. thought that one through. But I mean, yeah, I, I, you're I, yeah. Right. yeah. I mean, at the time, telling her I could make, I could see why she wouldn't want to tell her. But yeah, that doesn't really make sense. Like at the outset, <laughs> she should have known. Yeah, but uh, um, it's funny that, that some of the most amazing uh, scenes as well. That one that I was talking about, Clive having conversations on the phone um, mm-hmm. with with his friend. Um, and, uh, where, where Evie, uh, who is the actual, the station administrator. So she's essentially the boss, head honcho. Chief, chief, uh, chief, <laughs> <laughs> where, where she's playing the guitar by herself. They're just like the, the performances are, are so amazing. And, and there's no assistance from other people in, in those scenarios. Yeah. It, it's like, again, it really speaks to the, to the, uh, to the cast how good they were and yeah. yeah you can see how people interact with each other and then how they are in private and they're they're very different speaking yeah. of clive he's got and evie they they're in a secret relationship i think secret yeah yeah like yeah yeah not really well, too I, oh, affectionate outside of i think it's open secret sort of thing <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um and their reaction to the bad news was very uh um realistic they they had resigned themselves to not making it out of that alive yeah yeah they the the conversations they had were like you know we had fun um but this is the we're not essential this is it for us like we'll go into cryo but we're not going to expect 
anything is gonna possibly yeah. is gonna come out of it. And whereas but, it was up to Nat and Bert to actually build the drone and to, to right. get them off there, and they could like focus on something practical and get it done. And of course, they have their doubts and and they're worrying and stressing, but but like they're trying to focus on getting the thing done. As as Elliot says, Clive and Evie are basically saying we've had a good run and yeah. goodbye almost. It's it's really heartfelt. It's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, they're very they're very pragmatic about it, and uh, kind of, I w- I wouldn't say stoic because they do have emotion. It's an emotional scene, but they're very at peace with everything, and it's um, it's a very different when you compare it to how Andrew and uh, and Sarah kind of react. Yeah, uh, but uh, it's different. But yeah, in in the end, I mean, they once once uh, Sarah discovers the hit true secret about what happened. She's also able to get radio comms back up and running, and then they're able to radio for help. And they all oh, and good. This happens after the they're working the Bert and uh, oh yeah, the drone ex- the, drone the drone explodes and, and it explodes. Yeah. So then they're shit out of luck, and then yeah, that's when Odin starts talking to Sarah. Yeah, and then uh, so the the crew all waits by the airlock, and they're discussing you know what they're going to do. And then as they leave, that's the last transmission you see, and then. So your main mission was to go in and you collect data by placing your little electronic book in each of the main areas you go. And then mm-hmm. as you go to do your investigation, the book fills up. And by the time you're done doing all your investigations, you're ready to pull the book out and move on to the next area. Um, and so and the other other goal was for you to actually get Odin's wet works, which was basically like his physical presence on the ship and take that with you. And then as you're finally leaving after you've collected all this stuff you're like oh by the way i'm with some ai liberation front and you're you can either <laughs> but, yeah you can but either go back to venturis or come with come with me i'll come with you yeah. okay yeah but it all fit together you you read all of the uh diary entries and all yeah. of the optional stuff didn't you and uh Na- natalie uh, it seems was a member of this artificial intelligence liberation front yeah. and through a, a conversation between uh sarah and uh the ship's ai odin you find out that that ais are kept separated which is a really interesting uh like political statement uh, as well that this is something that currently we're we're not doing in the real world um mm. and the potentials of machine learning and and ais uh, like uh, the the risk from AIs because of machine learning is a, is a real thing. And in this yeah. world, in this situation, um, AIs are kept separate for that very reason, so that they don't decide to wipe out humanity or whatever. Yeah. And there are certain people who believe that's not right and that these AIs are intelligence, are sentient beings, and are essentially being held uh held captive uh mm-hmm. i i mean i know that was a thing i just i don't know so i just don't care just yeah, well, <laughs> have i mean you honestly, no heart have you no empathy honestly that's kind of that's kind of what i mean like so if like if i compare this like gone home gone home had a pretty good story but it also had great characterization through a lot of the um you know not audio logs well i guess they're audio logs but they're not really they're more like memories or talking to ourselves sort of thing um it was diary entries wasn't diary it? And entries. there was a narrator over the top I think that's that right was it. that's right um but like tacoma does a lot better job of doing its characterization but i think the story itself kind of 
sacrificed for it was sacrificed for it. I just the story was okay to me, but the I I liked just seeing the characters and and their motivations and how they were interacting with each other and how they were all put to, how they were all put together and how they were just like I said before well rounded and uh, yeah, the, yeah the whole AI subplot was just like okay sure just that's the MacGuffin let's go <laughs> it, it, and that's you could tell that's what they wanted the twist to be and it was the closest they came to it you realize that you know throughout this whole this whole mission you're you're trying to clean up um once after they really realize you're, you're cleaning up um what this company did to these people right mm. and um everything is going to get wiped and odin is going to get wiped too and so you kind of feel bad after he saved everyone and you get to kind of like him and get to know him a bit and then oh no and all of a sudden actually i'm here to save you so yeah, yeah i was wondering uh, if there was going to be an option <laughs> if you yeah. were going to like have to decide but i guess everyone would have decided to save yeah because he's a good guy yeah literal <laughs> literal deus ex machina <laughs> it, it was yeah it, it came it came out of nowhere uh not not completely out of nowhere but it was it wasn't built up as much as i would have liked and speaking of all the characters they all have and all of them having their own histories and their own lives and their own personalities and their own ways of dealing with trauma and grief none of them really had a payoff either they like the story didn't pay off and everyone else was just like like andrew for example who had the big freak out he just had a scene later who was like Thanks for talking to me. I'm all better now. And well, like, that's is... but that's normal. People freak out and then they go away sure. and they think about it and then they come back and they're like, actually, sorry, I was a bit out of whack there. I'll just do, you know, you yeah. all have agreed this is for the best and I'll I'll go along with you. I'll I'll support you. I, I get that completely. And it was it was a great example of that. I've been in that exact mental state um as he was, but I feel like for the purpose of the story i didn't get what the point of seeing him freak out was other than to illustrate that like look how real our characters are well you know, like that that's that's what i want to see in in every movie and in every game i, I want to have those moments of reality that add nothing but to flesh out a person as a person completely more of that please <laughs> yeah i i guess i was just expecting him to have like a more impactful ending oh yeah i guess to, to have grown a bit yeah um, it was another example of something where you're sitting there going oh wow is there gonna be drama from this is something yeah. gonna happen and then it doesn't <laughs> yeah but yeah it's yeah it's, like, it's interesting because you do expect those high drama and and climaxes from all forms of media but especially from games <laughs> we have been yeah. led to to expect a payoff it's it's I think I think that's what it is, and and I think also it's because of the type of game it was, because of the type of games this company makes, and the the games we've put, like the last couple games we've played and done these story breakdowns, all did that really well. They all had satisfying um, uh, payoffs, and this one just it just seemed like like there should have been another chapter or something. No, like, come on, I I I think I don't know. I think maybe I enjoyed this more than more than all of you and i guess um I, i'm assuming you did everything and you read everything and you picked everything up i i really tried to go out of my way i was a little disappointed that i actually didn't have it on on steam or on uh playstation 4 because then i would have realized whether i had uh basically 100 percented it 
or oh, if there yeah. was anything I missed. I missed um, a key. I missed one key somewhere. Um, yeah. uh, I, I other than that, I picked up everything you could pick up except for that one thing it wouldn't let you pick up. <laughs> what was that? What? It was a uh, thing in Natalia and Bert's room. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I didn't uh, notice that under the bed, yeah, uh, under the bed, under the bed, <laughs> right? Maybe okay. it was, maybe it was, maybe it was next to the bed, but it was like, I'm not going to, <laughs> I don't think I got that one. Yeah. Um, um yeah, it, I, 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 I know, I see what you're saying, Steve, as well. And I, I think, I, I think everything was so brilliantly done with the characters and the dialogue and the, uh, and the voice acting and the the pacing, the way the story was told, the way it unfolded, I just it felt like it just kind of dropped me off a cliff before it ended. Though it was just like it, it was it was it was it was it was even building up, and it just like it didn't quite fulfill me in the way I hoped. Um, yeah, that's my only complaint about it, though. Yeah, yeah, I don't I don't think the payoff was all that great. Um, again, I I enjoyed the game, but it was more for the characters rather than what yeah. the actual plot yeah. going on and it's oh, absolutely worth playing for that 100%. totally and and what i would say about it is um i i really enjoyed it all the way through yeah okay so there was a plot twist there was nothing where you can go oh you have to play it till the end it's so amazing mm. you know it's such a payout like you can't yeah. tell people that but like it's uh a game for grown-ups with mm-hmm. adult themes interesting themes philosophical questions that even now you don't know which is right and which is wrong it it, it has got the most fleshed out characters it is a really beautifully realized world the the space station itself is great it seems to make sense uh it's i I really enjoyed my time spent there i Mm -hmm. i thought I, i i thought it was a great game in fact in some ways i think i think i preferred it to gone home although gone home uh, maybe did have more of the payoff that that you were expecting. It kind of did build towards a crescendo in, in yeah. that way. Um, but I thought, gosh, like good. Edith Finch, that was like for, oh, yeah. for a walking story based walking simulator. That was that was a crescendo with a, yeah. a magnum, like not magnum opus. That's what I'm looking for. But yeah, just like an epic like explosion of an ending, and it was just just story it was just people talking just like this um not that every game needs that not that every game needs a twist not that every game needs to surprise you but um it felt like they were building up to something is and that's and that's why i felt like quite yeah (laughs) well oh yeah that's uh i think that's all i've got to say about it yeah Yeah. Uh, i think that was pretty good yeah, thanks. Oh, one last thing, oh. just real quick. Sorry, um, <laughs> I, I was really just blown away by the world building, and the last thing was like the the countries that people were from were all like different new countries. Like, yeah, uh, someone it's, it was an obvious like slight slightly different looking Texas flag, so you got an idea that it was supposed to be what Texas now was, and that was called Freedom Republic. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, California was its own republic. I think the main character Amy was. California American, yeah. <laughs> like so, like two different. Uh, I looked like a Pacific Northwest was called Cascadia, yeah. Um, so I thought I'll, ta- thought I'll, I'll take that. I'll take that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'll, 
along with the uh, the corporations that are universities now and things like that. It was it was it was cool. It was cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, uh, thanks everybody for sticking around for the uh, our chat about Tacoma. Um, we've already oh. said goodbye once, but I guess we can always do it again. <laughs> and yeah. hopefully, you're all looking forward to the chat about uh, the next roulette game. That's right. Um, beyond two, beyond, two, uh, beyond souls. two souls. Yep. <laughs> so look forward to that. Yep. All right, All everybody. Right. See you in two weeks. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.